0: When you look up the makeup of the Eastern Conference, when you look at the title contenders, or let's say playoff contenders, because I really only think there's two title contenders in the conference. You look at the young core in Philly. You look at an up-and-coming team in Milwaukee with Giannis and Chris Middleton and company. You look at what the Pacers and the season they had last year, along with the additions they made in the offseason. You look at the Raptors a team that's basically going all in on this season by trading for Kawhi Leonard. But the one team that's a runaway favorite, it doesn't mean they're going to win it. But the one team that's a favorite, especially when you look at an overall standpoint, bringing back two guys that average over 20 points a game in a healthy Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, adding those two elements, To a team that lost in the conference finals in a game seven. Yes, it's no question Boston is the favorite to win the East. My question, though, is, is Boston not just the beast of the East? Can Boston be the beast of the NBA? Are the Boston Celtics Golden State's kryptonite? And the answer remains to be seen. But when you think about how well Houston was able to defend Golden State, how they were able to get into them to make them pick up their dribble, be physical with them, or at least as physical as this era will allow. It changed and altered that series. It's the reason why the Rockets were up in that series. The difference with Boston, though, I think, is their wing defenders are younger with Tatum and Brown they're more athletic you're talking about Jalen Brown at 21 and Jason Tatum at 20 then add Marcus Smart Terry Rozier that versatility on the wings I'm not even factoring in a guy like Al Horford who is a great team defender Boston not only has the bodies to go at Golden State They have the versatility. They have the depth. I actually think Boston is deeper than Golden State. Golden State is a little bit more top heavy. But when you think about how Brown and Tatum can switch off guarding KD, can switch off guarding Clay, not to mention on the other end of the floor, the Rockets gave them trouble. And those guys on the other end, like a P.J. Tucker or Trevor Reiser, are really more 3 and D guys. They don't really create their own shots. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can directly go at Kevin Durant, Klay Thompson off the dribble. They can attack them in ways they're not used to being attacked. Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, and Kyrie Irving, that trifector, that versatility at that spot, I think gives them an edge over the warriors again the warriors are the champs and they are the favorites barn injury because nobody can predict or foresee health but i think boston is tailor made to match up with golden state remember the celtics were the number 1 defensive team in the nba if there was a flaw on the team It was that sometimes the offense could get bogged down. Now, mind you, that obviously was because there was no Kyrie late in the year and there was no Gordon Hayward for the whole season. You add those two guys to that mix and you get two scorers. You also get two playmakers. I think Boston, barring injury, will not disappoint. I think the Celtics are going to win the East, and that's not going out on a limb. They are the favorites. I'm running with what they did last year without their two best players. I'm running with what they did last year and factoring in the continued development of Jason Tatum of Jalen Brown. Let's not forget Terry Rozier is only 24 years old. He's still developing. I know he doesn't seem like it, but Marcus Marcus smart is only 24 years old. Their core Aside from Al Horford and Marcus Morris, their core is still young. The Celtics have a young, versatile, talented core. If there will be a struggle, it's going to be finding minutes and making sure everybody eats at that table. Yes, the goal is to win games. The goal is to win championships. But these are talented, gifted players Who have individual goals. Of course, Kyrie Irving wants to return to all-star form. I'm sure that Gordon Hayward wants to prove that he's still an all-star level player. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are trying to branch out and establish themselves as players, not to mention a Terry Rozier. And Al Horford is still a proven veteran who's going into his free agency. So he's going to want to have a productive and big season. That might be the biggest challenge for Coach Brad Stevens when you think about it. It's finding minutes, making sure that everybody eats at that table. Making sure that everybody finds their lane. Obviously, with Gordon Haywood returning, you're putting Haywood, with Brown, with Tatum. They're all wing players. Then you have to factor in finding minutes for Morris and then blending in Marcus Smart- Terry Rozier, who had m- much more minutes in the playoffs. Terry Rozier's role grew three times over because of the injury to Kyrie Irvin. And Terry Rozier, to his credit, rose to the challenge. But now he's got to step back into a lesser role because obviously Kyrie is going to get the bulk of the minutes. The question is, can he excel in that lesser role? Can he be satisfied in that lesser role after what he was able to do last year in the playoffs? Those are the only questions I think Boston has the answer. When people say, what are the key additions that Boston made in the offseason? The key addition is health. They're healthy. And as a basketball fan, honestly, I hope everybody can remain healthy and avoid major injury. I'm talking about for every team. I think the Boston Celtics are poised on returning to the NBA Finals. But if there's a team that I think can get in their way, if there's a team that I think could actually like give them some trouble in a series, I think it's the young Sixers. I think when you look at that core of Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Dario Saric, and along with the fact we still don't know what Markel Foltz could be. But even if you put Folks aside, you're still bringing back a shooter like J.J. Reddick. You added a veteran swingman in Wilson Chandler, and Mike Muscala gives you more depth up front. This team is poised to challenge and go on a much deeper run. A lot of people think they're a player away. I'll spin it this way. I think they're Markel Folks away. If Markel Folks is anything that people think he is, what people have projected him to be coming out of college, he's the key. Even if he just comes in and has has a really solid and productive year, it will make a major difference in the in the Sixers' ability to space the floor, to have another playmaker on the floor. Let's not forget, the Sixers have one of the better backup point guards in all the NBA and TJ McConnell. The addition in the production from Foltz would be like night and day. I expect the Sixers to go on a deep playoff run. It would not shock me if they ended up in the conference finals versus the Celtics. Obviously, in that matchup, it'd be a rematch of last year's second round. But in that matchup, I would still give the Celtics the edge because they are a little bit older, more seasoned, and I think they have more overall depth. I'm not sure there's a team in all of basketball deeper than the Boston Celtics. But I'm also not sure when you look at cores. I'm talking about young cores, 24 and under. If there's a young core better than the Sixers, there's a lot of young cores out there that I think are ascending and becoming stars. The Sixers in their young core, I think they have two soup two ascending superstars and essentially maybe a couple of other stars, all-star caliber players in Sarage and maybe Markel folks, depending on how he responds coming off of a season where he didn't play much because he had to restructure his shot And he had to get his mind right. I think Philly's going to make some noise. I think a team like the Pacers is going to make some noise. I think Victor Oladipo will not disappoint. I think he will have a season as good or better than he had last year. I think the addition of Tyreek Evans gives the Pacers another playmaker. That's something they desperately needed. I think Doug McDermott gives them another shooter. I think another year of of the young Sabonis, Miles Turner combination up front. Remember, both those guys are just 22 years old. I love the addition of Trevor Booker late in the year last year. That was a big help for them. This Pacer team, they're not going to go out in the first round this season. I think the Pacers are going to go on a deep run. I think the Pacers, out of everybody in the conference, I think the Pacers are a sleeper. If there's one team with a young core, It's the Milwaukee Bucks, but it's that young core that I think this is more of a make-or-break year. They're not as young as some of the others. Remember, Giannis is still only 23. Malcolm Brogdon's 25. Thon Maker's only 21, but I think Thon Maker is the key. He's got to make a major developmental leap this season. He's got to be more of an impactful player instead of a gimmick player. I think the drafting of Dante DiVincenzo depending on if he can find his way as a two guard, is going to be big for them. I think they have to lean more on Chris Middleton. Giannis has a second star next to him, and it's Chris Middleton. And I think the Bucks have to be better defensively. When you have Giannis, Eric Bledsoe, Malcolm Brogdon, and Chris Middleton on the wings, they shouldn't be ranked 19th defensively. They should be much better. Tony Snell is considered a defensive specialist. And with all that wing talent, with all that length, being ranked 19th, to me, that's underachieving on a whole nother level. Also, the addition of a Brook Lopez, who's not a great defender, but he is a post presence. I think they desperately needed a post presence. So you add Lopez, who's also a big who can stretch the floor, along with a bigger role for Chris Middleton and maybe Eric Bledsoe takes that talent, that potential that he's had for over nine years and he takes it to another level this season. I'm hoping the Bucks make a major leap forward. I'm hoping Giannis shows us that he's more than just the best player on the Bucks. And he's deserving of that ranking because ESPN ranked Giannis fourth in the NBA. I think Giannis is an incredible talent. There's no question he's a player on the rise. He puts up numbers. But is Giannis a superstar that can carry a team to the finals or carry a team to a deep playoff run? Or is he just a bigger, longer Russell Westbrook? And I love Russ, but I don't think Russ can carry a team to the finals. And honestly, as talented as he is, as versatile as he is right now, I don't think Giannis can either. But his continued development as a player and as a leader are going to go a long way in determining just how well a season the Bucs have. I'm looking forward to this season just as an NBA fan. I'm looking forward to the East. It's going to be a different Eastern Conference The landscape is completely changed with LeBron going to the West. Some might even say the East is wide open. I'm not even totally opposed to that idea. Again, I think Boston is a runaway favorite, but being the favorite doesn't mean that it's a lot that you're going to win the conference. A lot of things can happen. A lot of players can come out of nowhere. Let's not sleep on the Raptors. I don't think the Raptors are going to win the conference, but when you trade, and make that big a move to bring in Kawhi, and you still have the talent that's already remaining on that club, it's going to be interesting to watch to see where the Raptors find their way in the Eastern Conference. Let's switch things up real quick, guys. I'm going to show the Facebook fam a little bit of love. We're going to switch it up a little bit. Lisa Marie asked me a real simple question. She wanted to know, what do you feel about Cat Williams and what he did to Wanda Smith on her radio show? Um, Lisa, my thoughts are real simple. Cat Williams went on there. He said some things about Tiffany Haddish, Little Rel, Hannibal Buress, Kevin Hart. And basically what he said was he didn't think they were funny. He, he thought that a lot of them hadn't really earned their shot. And maybe you can make the case that cat was hating. But what I would say is he's not the only person that doesn't think those people aren't that funny. As far as what happened with him and the host, she attacked him first. And when she attacked him, he came at her that she made a choice to go after Cat Williams. And Cat Williams responded to what her what she had to say when she tried to get. He eviscerated her on her own show TKO it's a wrap so I had no problem with how he responded to her I know a lot of people think he came off mean and and again you're entitled to your opinion I listened to it twice and you gotta separate when he's talking about Cat Williams and Tiffany Haddish and that whole thing or when he was talking about I'm sorry Little Rel and Hannibal Buress and Tiffany Haddish versus the host, Wanda Smith, going at him and him responding to her. To me, those are two separate things. And he, he was given his opinion, whether you agree with him or not. That's up to you in terms of what happened between him and the host. She came at him. He responded. She took an L on her own show. Hey, Facebook fam, real quick. We're going to get into the best NBA free agents of 2019, you know this, I know this, no league projects ahead. No league le- lives off of rumors and hearsay better than the NBA. That's why the NBA is 365 now, because even when the season's over, the talk never stops. We'll get into that. We'll talk about the 10 players I expect to have big seasons. And we'll talk a little NFL. Not to mention, maybe we'll do a little bit of more entertainment. I got a couple of questions on here about Eminem and what he had to say in a recent interview. It's the cypher. Next time.